What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host, Sean, dive deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and replace stand culture with the protocol of the Human Resources Department. Join me five days a week as I dissect your favorite shows while getting to know my favorite content creators and personalities through their connections to reality TV. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. everybody welcome and welcome back to the show this is real reality realness i'm sean ellis rogers and i put the mess in the message i'm so excited to have this person on the show today they're a content creator i love their page on instagram and i cannot wait for you to get to know them better ladies gentlemen and every gender or lack thereof in between join me in welcoming to the show Overthoughts. how are you doing today love i am doing very well how are you doing today I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you making some time in your schedule and taking my call. Yeah, no, it will be fun. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So tell me, love, when did you fall in love with reality TV? Ooh. So the first reality show that I really remember watching, this takes it way back, is actually the talent on MTV. All the way back, if anyone remembers Battle of the Sexes, that is my where my real introduction to reality TV started. And ever since then, it's just never really stopped. I love that. I am a staunch Road Rules fan. So mm-hmm. the challenge is after my own heart. Absolutely love that. It's, it's funny because when CT got married a couple of years ago, my cousin and I, who were the ones that watched it, were super excited to watch it. And I'm explaining to another family member and she's like, wait a minute, you guys have been watching the same show for like 16 years? And we're like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, that. it's, you know what is so crazy? That they have so much of the same cast that keeps coming back year mm-hmm. after year after year. And it's like, you cannot watch that show for six seasons and come back and feel like you've missed nothing almost. And now that they have All-Stars, which has been so awesome to see way throwbacks, you know, people that I don't even remember before the yeah. time I saw it. So it's been, you know, it's been a fun time. Absolutely love that. Do you remember the moment, the episode or the season that sparked your desire to create content? I think it's been an ongoing thing. It's mostly been triggered by Bravo and Housewives. Um, kind of tweeted a lot while watching, you know, enjoyed interacting with other people. And this kind of made me, you know, want to separate my, I guess, real life and then just kind of put it into something else a little bit more. Um, I would just say overall Bravo and Housewives because if they, it, it has such a huge base on social media. Absolutely. How did you decide on the name of your channel? I decided because I, I'm constantly overthinking things and I'll be randomly throughout the day and I'll be like, hmm, I wonder if Land really did sleep with that pirate randomly. 
So I yeah. with overthoughts. I'm randomly, I'll randomly in the day just kind of think about something I watched on Rob or even something a while back and just kind of laugh or, you know, ask someone next to me, hey, did you ever watch this? <laughs> so that's where overthoughts came out. Just constantly overthinking and randomly thinking about pop culture and reality TV. As a Virgo, I completely get your thought process. <laughs> something will just what randomly is- pop in and I want to discuss it. So sometimes... Twitter makes it easier to just kind of throw something out there and get a response quicker. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. I think Twitter is probably my favorite social media platform, or at least it was. But um, yeah, I totally agree with that. What do you think your ultimate goal is as a content creator? I think just to have interactions with other people. I think that's fun, you know, kind of create a platform where people can just kind of talk about it. Um, you know, sometimes you're watching in real time and you're not, you don't have friends or people near you that are actually into these shows. So it's kind of nice in the moment to interact. You, um, you know, enjoy discussing with people, having a little bit of banter back and forth. I think just an open invitation to be able to discuss these shows with people because, you know, they're silly, but they're entertaining us and they take up a lot of our time. Of course. Do you have a favorite Housewives franchise? Uh, I, I'm i going to say New York to me is the best. I mean, now it's on pause and it had such a bad season. I want to say Beverly Hills as well, but I am a Lisa Vanderpump loyalist, so I'm, not, I'm still not over the fact that she's not on it. But I would say the ones mm-hmm. that I consistently watch the most is New York and Beverly Hills. Although I'm loving Salt Lake City, but it's still pretty new. Yeah, sure. Do you prefer the old style of Housewives or the new style of Housewives? And what I pretty much mean by that is Housewives before the creation of Beverly Hills and the new modern Housewife after Beverly Hills. Because I think the first few seasons of Housewives before Beverly Hills came into creation, they were just regular you know mm-hmm. slightly um rich women but they were more like an upper middle class they were moms they were in the car lines they were just embarrassing their kids and going to work at Cotto de Cosmo. you know what I mean and I think it, a good mix mm-hmm. um I think that one of the reasons I think that the early seasons of New York are so good is because they actually feel very real right they're not crazy over the top just, just yet you you see them in their normal lives and they actually have those connections that make it more enticing to watch it's not I think now it's a bit more forced um yeah. you know there's always this big debate that some people like it for lifestyle and other people just like the drama I like a little mix of the both you know I don't I like I love Potomac I think it's a great franchise and it's not the most glamorous but I think they always bring it so I it's I think an even mix of all of them I totally agree with that. I think that, you know, before Beverly Hills existed, they were just regular women and it was based on the organic dramas of the friend groups. And then after Beverly Hills, it was like, based on the drama that the friend groups create within each other, but also it's about money and who Mm -hmm. has money and who's rich and who's not and who's in what house and who's driving what car. Then like after Beverly Hills, the Housewives became very materialistic and it kind of mm-hmm. convoluted a lot of stuff for me. Yeah, and then you can also see why now you have like Jen Shaw, Erica Jane, when Teresa, you know, all money issues related because they want to keep up with these lifestyles to show on the show. Exactly. Kim Zolciak. God bless her. Oh yeah. 
Which, how do you feel about them breaking up? Did you hear that her and Corey broke up? Is that accurate? Accurate? I saw it somewhere, I but I thought it was clickbait. I saw it in the timeline, and I was like, I, um, I followed up on it, and I was like, before I clicked it, I was like, watch. They'll say, oh, she's done having kids. Watch, watch, watch when I click the article. They're done having kids. Because I knew that it couldn't have been real be- because I only saw it like once. Mm-hmm. When I Kim saw it and I thought it was pussy. Yeah, like when Kim went into foreclosure, that shit damn near made it on CNN. But, but this, so I followed up on it. People were sending me the article. People were sending it to me. I was like, this is not real. Watch. Then I went and clicked on it. She's done having children. Oh, of course. I mean, that's like eight kids. Doesn't she? Is six that they're all together? I was like, ah, girl, you have six kids, and your last one is damn near a teenager. Why would you start over now? Not only that, you don't have a house, you don't have a job or income. Right. Like, why would you be having kids? What you need to be having is business meetings right now. Like, you Which need I to don't be understand. having. Dude, some if audition. you read the stuff about her what she went into foreclosure, I think you would think that with all her time on reality TV and her connections, it's not that much money. You know, for us, yes, but for them, like, really, you lost your house over that? What were you doing? Again, living above your means. Exactly. Like, it makes me wonder what she needed a $300,000 loan for in the first place and why it was so important that she needed to take a $300,000 loan out on her house to make sure that whatever she was doing got completed. Like, what were you doing? Like, I'm like, girl, Kim's wigs have, have definitely improved. God bless her. Kim has great wigs now. But uh, but are you starting a wig business? Like, what do you need $300,000 for? I was never not understand that. I'm like, what do you, what? Anyway. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny, didn't she try to cover up and say something that it's not true, but the paperwork shows it's true? I don't know. Like, there was public paperwork. Like, it's public knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, you can look it up. And so she's on her Instagram live talking about, oh, it's just haters. The blogs are haters. They're putting up all these false false stories. And I'm like, who's going to take the time to make up a false eviction or a false foreclosure notice for Kim Zolciak of all people? Yeah, who's not even on TV anymore. So 100%. It's it's weird. If it was Sheree Whitfield. Now, I could see somebody making up some um, papers to get Chateau Sheree foreclosed on just for a storyline real quick. I can see that. I, I love her. She's so sometimes cringe to watch, but I have a soft spot for her. Um, yeah, she's she's another one. She's hilarious. I want to have a soft spot for her, but she she upsets me in so many different ways. But God bless her. What makes a great housewife to you? I think someone who is willing to get messy, who gets the assignment, but is also isn't completely vicious and malicious. Because there's there's a difference between you get messy, you point things out, but don't go too low. You know, I love Lisa Rinna style. That's too low. You know, I, I have an appreciation for someone who comes in, stirs a pot, gets the thing going, they know what they have to do, but also know when to back off. And I'll give an example. I think that the reason Potomac works so well is because I do think that on some level there is a respect among the ladies. And Giselle and Karen, they know what they have to go do. They go after each other, but they also know when to stop, when to retreat, and when they're crossing the line. 
I completely agree with you. I think that they're exactly like like if you look up frenemies in the mm-hmm. dictionary, those two would pop up. And I'm more of a Karen fan, but I've come around to like realizing I do think that Giselle was someone needed for the show. Like they balance each other out very well. I personally find Karen way more entertaining. But I do think that Giselle brings a lot to the show and their dynamic is fun to watch. And I love in the recent episodes, I always love watching how gracious Karen is towards Giselle's children. Yeah. I definitely think Karen is an overall more enjoyable housewife to watch. In the earlier seasons, I definitely thought that Giselle was a great uh, force multiplier. She's a great pop stirrer. She's a person who mm-hmm. like keeps the shit moving. She's a good ghost producer. It, it's just... It, <sighs> This season, I can't get behind anything she's doing, personally, because it's like blatant bullshit. And it's like, I could, like, you're taking the escapism and the fantasy out of it when when I can't even get behind it. Like, when I, mm-hmm. like, I used to be able to be like, well, it's just good TV. You put it on the show. Like, when she did the Uncle Ben tax reform t-shirt, I was like, y'all are mad at Giselle, but Karen held a whole press conference to, to mm-hmm. talk, talk about her day. Mm-hmm. Like fair game you know what I mean but like her her plotting to question the paternity of people's kids and like mm-hmm. this whole blatant hypocrisy with Mia and Wendy and Monique I like it. it's just agree. too much for, it's too much for me and then going after I, and listen I've had my things with Candace previous seasons I am not the Candace fan but her mm. going after Chris like to me, it didn't make any sense, and I don't think that's cool. We live in a, in a really um, politically kind of controversial climate, and for you to kind of insinuate something that clearly didn't happen and it wasn't there, and I get that she was uncomfortable, but it, it, it felt wrong. You know, don't do that to someone. Don't pin stuff like that on someone. I, I don't understand where that came from, and it just seemed wrong, and I kind of respected Robin for, like, being like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, because I was like... Come on now, the man works at the damn hotel. Like he works at the hotel. Like y'all already know y'all own TV. So if he's inviting you to come to his spot, it's because y'all are on TV together. It's good for promotion. It's good for business. Like we already know what this is. And then like this whole thing with Giselle and the hotel room and all of that and him asking her to speak in your room. I just, I'm not even gonna get into whether I believe the the details of that, but the fact that you go back and forth and say, you know, he didn't make me feel uncomfortable. I just was uncomfortable. It could have been mm-hmm. anybody. It could have been this. It could have been that. Like, then why bring it up? Up. I, I why 100% bring it agree. up? That's, I was like, I can't believe I'm on Candace's side, but I was 100% on her side when she was like, nope, not my husband. We are not doing this. Shutting this down right now. Yeah, because because I'm like, you've been in the same room with him and been comfortable speaking to him, giving him a hug since the reunion, all of that. You never felt the need, if he truly made you uncomfortable, you never mm-hmm. felt the need to bring that up to Candace off camera. You waited until not only you were on camera, but until Ashley brought up something that could segue your story. So it exactly. wouldn't be just out of the blue and just brought up out of nowhere. Like you waited for the opportunity to bring that up. And Candace caught that in the moment. And listen, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I haven't always been a Candace fan. She's done some things that I'm just like, girl, I, I ain't with you on that. Mm-hmm. But I love that everybody is having this turnaround on Candace this season and she's having mm-hmm. this redemption arc because it's I think people are. 
yeah like it's super interesting to watch because people are seeing like she's not malicious she's just the best at defending herself and when she defends herself she ends the argument yeah I think she 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 gets attacked and she will reciprocate which you know a lot of people don't or they back down and she might take it too far but I couldn't believe that this season I'm I'm more team Candace and even team Wendy because before I was like I find Wendy not too exciting even this thing with with Mia she was 100% right you know calling them out on being hypocrites like oh you violence you know when it was Monique it was okay but you know now that it's Mia it's I mean opposite it's not okay now that it's Mia now it's now she's mm-hmm. justified to throw a drink on you now it's okay now you encourage me to fight back now instead of de-escalating the situation Robin pulls out her phone and starts exactly. recording exactly. really so it, it's been interesting because I think the tables have flipped you know normally um I wouldn't be on their side but it's yeah it's, it's been interesting that's why I love Potomac it's always so it's such a nice dynamic yeah, it's crazy because this season has been, it's not even been a table turning. It's been a full mm-hmm. table flip. Like, like the table is completely turned upside down. Because it just, none of these dynamics make sense to me. I was like, wait a minute. Or like, it's just, but that's what I mean when I can't get behind Giselle and her blatant bullshit. Like, when you doing fun TV stuff, okay, I'm cool with that. Karen with the whole slither thing with Wendy, still hilarious. But oh, like, so funny girl like Giselle y'all doing too much today and then Robin you had us at the beginning of the season when yes. you were like girl I don't think that he trying to slide in your DMs but I really mm-hmm. don't think it was nothing like that and so but then you want to go and and jump completely off the bus yep. like it just it just everybody's yeah, you know, so hard left Robin has always been so like quiet you know never says anything and you know foreign and all these things and at the beginning of the season I was like you know what go Robin I respect a friend I'm the type of friend that I don't you don't need to agree with me all the time I kind of prefer my friends to call me out and I was like go Robin I like that she called her out she's you know we're, we're still girls but I don't agree with you and then she does it I'm like oh girl come on like you were there yeah because I'm like listen Robin has been saying for six seasons I checked Giselle I just don't do it on camera mm-hmm. because we're friends. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's good to see you finally actually do your job and be a friend to your friend on camera instead of letting her look like this crazy, psychotic, green-eyed heifer running amok <laughs> all through the DMV. Mm-hmm. And you not saying nothing. Because mm-hmm. I think she started to realize, oh, it's starting to make me look bad too, which she looked bad from day one. But anyway, like... But then you just go such, like, this is what you decide to clock in on? This is what you decide to get activated about? Robin, mm-hmm. I need you to sit down. I need yep, you to sit down. Yep, exactly. Go plan your wedding. Put it, girl. <laughs> I don't need, mm. I was with Karen. I was with Karen. I was with Karen when she clocked Jamal Bryan about staying in uh, mm-hmm. Giselle's phone. I was clocking, I, I was with, Karen when she said that they wasn't gonna get married I never believed that they was gonna get remarried and then we got the hot mic of well if Corey and Carter weren't here I wouldn't be here either we know Juan yes we know we know we did not need a hot mic for that that's all a mess yeah but shout out to Corey and Carter yeah shout out to them they're adorable (laughs) the only people that matter in this situation (laughs) yes how has the Bravo fandom embraced your content? 
it's been slow. I mostly Twitter is a little bit more active. Um, just kind of building it up right now. I dig that. Um, I always ask people that question because I always wonder how people feel about getting into this Bravo fandom and and this housewife stand world and these unpopular opinions that people have and all of this type of shit. People take it very seriously. So that's why I created this profile. So in my real life, I had a profile and got really into it. A lot of traction, a lot of interaction with people. But unfortunately, a friend of mine in the Bravo universe got doxxed. And I was like, you know, that's too much. It's, you know, we come here to discuss these shows, these women. We laugh, you know, we may say, oh, I hate so-and-so, but I don't hate these people. I don't know them. And people right. take it to an extreme. That's why I've moved on to a different kind of profile. Um, just, you know, to separate that a little bit more. So trying to build it up a bit more. Totally get that. What defines an unpopular opinion to you? Uh, oh, an unpopular opinion. What defines it? I guess going against the norm or against what Bravo maybe wants you to like. Because I think sometimes things are edited. I'm going to give an example. For me, I think Kyle Richards has been the villain since season one of Beverly Hills. And I think that Bravo has edited her very well. And people haven't really noticed that. And until last season, it started showing. So in our popular opinion, I've always been that. I was like, I don't like Kyle. I think she's always been the villain. And now it was interesting to see the last season, how it played out and was in the reunion, kind of people turning on her a little bit and then she didn't have the best edit last season either. So I think sometimes Bravo edits things, you know, they want you to see someone a certain way. Um, so that can be an unpopular opinion. If you don't necessarily agree with the edit. I agree with you 100%. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows I think Kyle has been the villain since day one. She is awful to her. Starting with she's a terrible, <laughs> she's a terrible friend. She is yes. full, she's full of it. And I've and seen it since day one when it came to Kim. I didn't realize what a shitty friend she was until the last couple seasons, but I've always known she was a bad sister. Like I was like, yeah. I don't necessarily, I think the whole, her dynamic with Kathy is definitely toxic and there's more to it, but I think it goes both ways. Like, I'm sure Kathy's petty and has had more power at some point and maybe exercised that over her, but I think that there's way more to that family dynamic that we really know, and I think that they're all at fault. I don't think she's as innocent as she plays out, and I know that I say this as a massive Lisa Vanderpump stan, but I do think that that season where Lisa left, I, I do think that they kicked her when she was down, and I do think she was genuinely hurt because I think there were genuine friends outside, and I think that she was didn't see that coming, that she was gonna, you know, in her weakest time, her real friend you know took the opportunity to knock her down I agree with you and I'm not even a Lisa Vanderpump fan like I not to say that I'm like like I hate her but I just think Mm -hmm. she lies a lot on television but I do agree that she's amazing TV however I do think that they took the one season that she was off of her game and they used it against her to knock her down because if you notice the the interesting thing about Beverly Hills because a lot of the times you know I wasn't going to watch after Lisa I I don't know I was angry I was like I'm not going to watch it but I got roped in the Erica Jane thing is that the main girls never are on the right side of things and it's baffling because 
okay, you know, I think for the most part, we can agree, whether you like it or not, that Lisa is very popular. And Kyle, I think, has always felt that that was her crown, and it didn't really work out. It was supposed to be Kyle, and Lisa was the one that got the shows and that people love and that has been successful off the show. And then, so they all ganged up on Lisa, and they, they got that moment, you know, she was going through her brother's death, got Lisa out. Okay, so they're like, all right, we're back on top. But they didn't they didn't get the memo the fans we love lisa even if the ones that don't we hate teddy we are not sympathetic towards erica lisa rinna stopped being entertaining i think at one point she was necessary to the show but i think she got very malicious and vicious and they still side with each other and it's I, I think I saw it at the end of last season where Kyle really kind of started to realize, okay, we messed up. The, you know, the audience really is Team Sutton, Team Garcelle, and yeah. we messed up. And that's why I don't I don't think Kyle is genuine. But it's always so interesting to me that, you know, after the season before, I'm like, you guys didn't go on Twitter and see that people are not on Erica's side? Like, you know, adjust. You know, it's crazy because Kyle is somebody who has an interesting turn for me because Kyle has a very bad history of learning about her mistakes from the fan base, but it's mm-hmm. always when it's too late. Like mm-hmm. she learned that that Kim um that um that um Kim's addiction was not at was not some attack on her or that it wasn't personal towards her. She had to learn that from the fans. Mm-hmm. Her words, not mine. And so I'm like, how do you, like, why do you learn about these very basic interpersonal life lessons from people you don't know on social media? Just like she uh, was saying something about how she realized, like, something with this season or, like, the perception of this season was off. She learned it from the fans. I was like, you didn't, like, where is it? Do you not know how to read a room? Like, you didn't interact with Erica and kind of look, wow, she is a cold, heartless bitch who doesn't take any sympathy for these victims and the only time you actually caught that was when you weren't able to defend her anymore so then you staunchly flipped and you tried to flip Dorit child Dorit was like listen girl we not going down this road today okay Dorit was like like, I need my paycheck (laughs) right she's like girl I need this coin I ain't got time for this girl my house just got broken into I need to replace a window I ain't got time for this Like, like we need to fix this it's interesting because, you know, watching a reunion, I was, I love Garcelle and I love Sutton and I felt so terrible for Garcelle that mm-hmm. you could tell she was holding back because she doesn't want to come off as aggressive because, you know, that's a narrative that they'll take. But I wanted yep. to be like Garcelle, you can be aggressive. These people went after your kids and that a minor, that, that crosses a line. And the fact that they were trying to be sympathetic towards Diana, like, oh, you should have edited out that it was her name. No, screw that. That's why like, I'm glad she went the fuck off. That's why I'm glad she gave them that one piece of, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, and you expect me to come more and, you that shit? <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, I was so outraged for her and I felt bad for her because I genuinely wanted to be like, if you go out in defense of your kids in this situation, you are not aggressive, but that's the narrative that she has to be cautious about, unfortunately. And Always. it was so foul watching them I just it was just so disgusting Lisa Rinna is just disgusting they are horrible I I just think it's just beyond and I hope my dream would be and again because I'm a Vanderpump fan I would love Lisa to come back and just start taking them out take out Lisa Rinna take out Kyle now that she has Garcelle and Sutton and like the fan base has so much turned on them 
that I would love to come in and see a season where, you know, they get dragged for the filth that they deserve. I would love to see a lot of girls come back. I would love to see Vanderpump come back. I would love to see Eileen Davidson come back. I would love to see Carlton Jebbia to come back. The witch? (laughs) Yes. Because that is the one person Kyle Richards is scared of. Mm -hmm. She was terrified to tackle that. She is terrified of Carlton. And like to this day at the People's Choice Awards, somebody asked her who's the person you would never want to come back to to the show she said I'm sticking with Carlton like she didn't even think about it I was like oh you scared like I would love to see those three come back because Vanderpump has a hold on the audience Mm -hmm. Davidson now Eileen she's the only person who's ever really been able to keep Lisa Renna in check and really check her and Renna Mm -hmm. listen Carlton Jebbia will make Kyle Richards leave the show. Those three yeah. women will change the entire fucking show. But I, I think as the fans, like, we deserve this now. We want to see this takedown season because they've been bullies, they've been horrible, and they've been wrong, too. Um, so it'd be so great to see them just kind of get really actually dragged because I love, I love Garcelle. And I love Sutton. I love them together. But I think Sutton is a bit, you know, she's shy. She's a bit reserved. She's not going to pop off. And I think we need someone that is just going to go in and clean house. Yes. And as much as I love them, just like you said, they're not going to be the ones that are going to, you know, go in Mm -hmm. and do it. Like, Garcelle, she's going to, she's going to drop the match, then just let everybody else, um, burn the fuse until it blows up which like, I love right? like, I love that tactic but I think she I needs someone else that. there helping helping you know feel that fire and Sutton is not going to be that I think Sutton will always support her friend and is a genuinely good friend but that's just not her personality exactly and I think that that's what they brought in Sheree for and Sheree oh, did not do her job whatsoever what she a was bust, such a disappointing. Right? I was so excited I was like this is going to be awesome and then when she with the other girls and the, the whole thing I just no next get her out of here get yeah her that here. was not that was a bust but but I, I agree I think that Garcelle and Sutton's tactic they will bring something to the light and then let the other girls just embarrass themselves they're not even gonna mm-hmm. bother to go you know hardcore toe-to-toe they're gonna give you just enough for you to see it for yourself and then they gonna walk away before it gets too messy for them because they don't really want to deal with that bullshit mm-hmm. I agree but they but they need somebody who gonna come in and be like now listen now wait a fucking they, minute and I know there's a lot of rumblings that people want Brandy Glanville back I don't because I think that Brandy is so desperate to get back that she's just gonna side with the majority and that's gonna be boring you know if Brandy would have come back being you know crazy Brandy maybe but I think that she's just be so happy to be back that she's just going to cling on to Kyle and her group and it's just going to be more of the same. That is the reason why I've kind of fallen off of my bring Brandy back opinion because I've been on a justice for Brandy campaign for years because especially watching this past season those girls sat there and excused Erica for Mm -hmm. the same and worst behavior that they nailed Brandy to the cross for for years. Mm-hmm. Brandy breathed too loud and she was like, oh, oh, she's drunk. Oh, she's a hot mess. She's this, she's that, she's this, she's that. And that's Erica's entire personality. The only difference between Erica and Brandy is that Erica had money. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on had. 
So she was useful to them at one point. Exactly, because she had the private plane, so she could go around and talk shit and get drunk and do and say crazy shit because it was coded in baccarat and cash. Mm-hmm. She was an enigma wrapped in a riddle and someone <laughs> yeah. else's cash. And I find that Erica, like, this is one of the things I think about so fascinating because Erica, I think, just played her hand so wrong. If Erica would have mm-hmm. came out, because, you know, she always had the ice princess, the, the cold queen, whatever, persona. All Erica had to do was this, come out and said, listen, my life is shattered. This man that I did love for all these years, whether it's true or not, you know, find out that (laughs) he was not who it was, who he said he was. He did these horrible things and I got to live this wonderful, privileged life, but I feel terrible that I lived it off the backs of victims' money. That's it. She would have had the whole audience on her because... She's probably not, I mean, at fault. I just think it's her delivery of it. Like, I don't care about anyone but myself. All she has to go is say that I am devastated that I lived this wonderful life off of the backs of these victims. It's terrible, you know. And people would have been like, oh man, that sucks, you know. She lost her husband and all these things. But her coming in the way she is, she completely did the opposite. She could have had the fans on her and she could have rebuilt herself, you know, much better and now people I don't see many people wanting to support her I feel like Erica and her legal fees are being paid by like Girardi like I feel like who's ever taking care of Tom's legal fees I feel like they're in cahoots with each other and that's why she flipped so hard because if you remember when she came out and said she was filing for divorce she was talking about what an evil man Tom was and mm-hmm. how evil he was to her and how mean, mean he was and how this that a third and then all of a sudden next thing you know she flips and it's like oh his mental health was declining he rolled his car three times he drove off a cliff <laughs> the best story ever during the snow in Pasadena, which I still think sounds like a romance novel. Snow in Pasadena sounds like a nasty, sleazy romance novel, and I want to write it one day. Amazing. But it just seemed like she flipped so hard, and now she's even gotten to the point of she's questioning whether they are actual victims at all. Like, it's just like... Yeah, you crossed the line. Like I said, she she could have just... Mm -hmm. The fact that we don't know who is paying for her legal bills. Like, we don't know how she's taking care of her legal bills right now. Like, the fact that she's made that a mystery, it's like, oh, so are you, like, is your defense being paid for with victims' money? Yeah, I think that we're going to hear more about all that stuff later. It's going to unravel. We're on appeal for legal reasons. She's just a terrible human being. And it's hard Completely. to sympathize. It's hard to sympathize with, you know, her losing her lifestyle and her husband and all that stuff when that's her approach. I mean, I just. Ugh. It wasn't even hard for me to feel sorry for her for that because it's like, girl, like you acting like you going back to stripping at Chisa's and mm-hmm. damn Teasers. Like, girl, you may be leaving a multi-million dollar this, that, and the third, but girl, you're making damn near a million dollars. You're making a million dollars a year. You downgraded to a Ranger over. Wow. Terrible. Wow. She's, yeah, she's just, and it's just baffling. And you know they're going to bring her and Rinna back. Yeah. And I'm not going to be watching. God bless you. They're going to bring but them I don't back. Because it's just problematic at this point. Like, they're, like it's, just, it's just too much going on. It's too much going on on that show. It's too Crystal toxic. has turned it's me too- completely off. Rena is a complete, just 
it, villain in real life. Like she's fully she's embraced being the villain. So unbelievably toxic. It's it's not even like I said. I think a couple of seasons back, I didn't like her, but I got it. She brought it. It was entertaining. Whatever. It, it's a sure. step way too far. It's a step way too far now. And I, I do believe that they're going to bring them back. Um, with Arlock, they're going to bring Teddy back. And then they're not going to bring anyone back for um, Garcelle and Sutton. Or add anyone that will actually help them. Exactly. And I feel for my girl Garcelle because I really love her. And I think that she's she's such a wonderful housewife. Um, and I just think she just needs that, that little bit of support. And it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like if like like at this point, I don't want Brandy back if she's not Team Garcelle. And I, I don't think she will be. I think she will cling on to whoever she thinks is going to keep her on the show the longest. And like I said, she's the friends with Kyle lady, right now. Mm-hmm, that they are always on the wrong side of of the audience. Yep. So I'm like Brandy. You know, I've been rooting for you for a long time. But if you're gonna come back and be a part of the if you're gonna be the new bitch in the Fox Sports Five, I ain't got time for it. Mm-mm. Can I ask you a question about a controversial housewife? Of course. What that was gonna lead thoughts... to my next question. Oh, what are your thoughts on Miss Kenya Moore? She does a lot of things that I really don't like. Uh-huh. Like however, I feel like she is on the low scale. A problematic. I feel like she's only become problematic for me in the past couple seasons. Yeah. I mean, I have I a thought like... about for Kenya, and it's when here's what I, I, I say with my housewives. I like a lot of them. I don't agree with a lot of things they say because they think they're all kind of problematic. With Kenya, I have a soft spot because she gets the job done. I think she's funny. And I think that Kenya is the type of person where if you hit her, she will hit you back and she's going to hit you back lower. Um, I think she's done some stuff that, you know, and said some stuff that is like, whoa, come on, girl. But I, I, I think she's so entertaining and so funny to watch. And I also think that there's a, a side of her that is very genuine. Yes. And I appreciate Kenya because Kenya has only had a couple mm-hmm. moments that I was like, girl, that's problematic. You should like, that's too far. That's too far. That's too far. But, but it's not a consistent pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. Kenya is just messy as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. Kenya is just messy, but she... I love her. Like, she's such great TV, right? Mm-hmm. And 100%. that leads into my... And, like, that leads into my next question, because for me, she's one of the people who I identify with my answers to this question. To you, mm-hmm. what's the difference between a controversial housewife and a problematic housewife? Ooh. Controversial versus Problematic. So I think for me, problematic is someone like Lisa Rinna. Like what she's done lately, it's way too toxic and it takes it out of the realm of the show, right? The show is like this little bit of bubble and you have to do things to get the show moving, right? To stir things up, to keep the plot lines going. But when you cross the line into people's family, into people's business, to me that is problematic because you're actually causing problems that can affect their, their real life and way beyond the show where controversial can be someone who is like Kenya is messy you know or sometimes you like her and you don't like her like I know Dorinda's another one I love Dorinda but I can really see where she's you know controversial and 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 is not you know 100% right all the time so I think that that's the main difference when you kind of cross a line um that will really affect them deeper I think that's that's when someone is problematic 
I agree. Where, I think. Oh, sorry. Whereas, like I said, I think controversial is like your take might be you might like you you know you have your feelings towards Giselle and you know because of this and that. But at the end of the day, she's not. It's not the worst. You know, it's a controversial opinion because we go back and forth with it. Yeah, I definitely feel like Giselle is on the lower end of mm-hmm. problematic. I definitely just feel like these past couple seasons, she's leaned in. Like, like her and Kenya have leaned into problematic for me. Like, mm-hmm. and that's where it's become a problem. Whereas before, I felt like they were just, you know, the crazy girls. They were controversial. They stirred up the shit. They, they kept the show going. All right, mm-hmm. cute for them. Fine. But over the past couple seasons, they've been doing things that are bra- that, that that are blatantly morally corrupt, like painting men mm-hmm. to be aggressive towards women when they're not, or questioning the paternity of people's kids, mm-hmm. like having these double standards on violence. Like I just mm-hmm. don't like it. Just really that yeah, type of shit pretty... is when you're pushing it too far for me. Exactly. Or like you know, and they're doing the same thing. That's. And that's the crazy part is Kenya and Giselle are doing the exact same thing. They're just doing it in different ways on their respective franchises. But I'm just like, ah, it's just too far. I can't take that. That's not cute. Anyway, I would say the classic example right now is like Jen Shaw. Yeah. I mean, Jen is, is just on a whole other level. And like, I'll look at her tweets and I'm like, bro, you are crazy. Didn't you just ask for a sentencing reduction? And I know that obviously her social media presence and her outside life shouldn't you know, um, go into that, but you don't think the judge is looking at this. It's a high priority case. You don't think he's like, what is she going off on, on Twitter and all these craziness and what is she doing? She's out here trying to bully Lisa Barlow. I'm like, girl, oh, hell no. you got better. Like I just tweeted her the other day. I was like, girl, you, you, you got better things to do. That might've been this morning. Child, I was like, girl, you got better things to do than to be mm-hmm. sitting around here worrying your- about Lisa Barlow. Like go, Spend time with your children. Exactly. Go repay your mama for that million dollars that she took out for your defense. And I think it's interesting because I think that the switch towards Lisa Barlow is that she's kind of the fan favorite now. She's my personal favorite um, on on Salt Lake City and one that I've enjoyed a lot. And I think it's interesting that her first season, I think she's a bit quiet. And the second season, I think they didn't expect the fans to like her and now it's just been a whole like they're all ganging up on her for reasons that don't make any sense and then Jen is like shouldn't you maybe try to cling on to the people that the audience likes I mean I guess she's being real but you know you have way bigger fish to fry you you know you got a jail sentence coming up like a hefty one um so that's gonna be interesting like you got way better things to do and I'm just like Jen like Girl, go You're sit doing out. too much. And You're doing too the, much. Watching her on the show, it's crazy how they kiss her ass. It, it's so weird. I, it's, it's just baffling. so crazy to watch Meredith Mark sit here and have this staunch 180 degree crazy. flip when she wouldn't even eat the bitches' tacos last season because she thought they were from old people. She thought it's, they was bought with old people's money. Now all of a sudden, the woman pleads guilty and she's like, I think she just needs friends. I cannot wait until, I mean, I, I hope that Andy does address it or someone, that they ask Meredith and Heather, how do you feel about her pleading guilty? Because they were there with her. They didn't know she was going to plead guilty in New York. Like, how do you feel riding with her this whole time? Because I think the other ones have been kind of bullied into maybe not um, 
they you would tell that they think she's guilty but they don't they're not expressing it too much they're waiting but Meredith mm-hmm. is another road for her and now you know I can't wait to see that unravel like how do you you know tell us I can't I can't either like I need to see and it's crazy because they don't even get to tell her to her face or at least on camera because mm-hmm. she's not invited to to the damn reunion so I'm like well okay now I think y'all done went too far because I think y'all should at least give her her grand send off like send her ass the fuck on hold her accountable y'all should make the whole third third part of the reunion a Jen Shaw sit down where you hold her ass accountable mm-hmm. like, I believe they said she's gonna do a sit down with Andy I don't know if that's confirmed but not with the other league I heard about that but I don't think that's appropriate because I'm like why would you separate her from the friend group that she's supposed to be the queen bee of like I want not only Andy to hold her accountable because I don't trust Andy to do his damn job yeah, no he more won't. he won't do it no like I want the women to hold her accountable I want Whitney and Meredith to be like bitch what the fuck like we rode with your motherfucking ass too, too. We, 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 we. bitch I, we literally ride or die Mm-hmm. With you. Heather, I might you have even you, you probably just clock my eye and I still vouch for you. Like I wanted to come out like Jennifer, you punched me in the eye. And I wrote <laughs> for you. Like I wanted to like that to be the big bomb drop of the season. Like yeah, it was you. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It is it's it's just so entertaining to watch. It's crazy. Oh my god. Do you want to play a game with me? Sure. Have you ever heard of the game This or That? No, tell me. Uh, okay, so basically what it is, is like people give you two choices and like you can either get with this or you can get with that, right? Okay. So I've created my own Bravo version where I'll give you a housewife, two housewives or like two Bravo libs and we'll see like who you would give a contract to to come back next season. Okay, let's do it. Word. Drew or Sanya? Drew. Meredith or Lisa? Lisa. Schwartz or Sandy? <gasps> Ooh. Is this excluding the season that we're going to get about his divorce? Because I want to see that play out, but I think that Sandy's more entertaining. Uh, this would be after all the fallout happened. Sandy still. Sandy's entertaining. Okay. Kenya or Marlo? Kenya. Kyle or LVP? LVP all the way. Monique or Candace? Monique. Jill or Bethany? Bethany. Gretchen or Alexis? Gretchen. Phaedra or Candy? Candy. I will always ride with Candy over this. <laughs> I, I have Whitney or Heather? About... Whitney. Oh, sorry. You were saying about Candy? I'm sorry. Oh, I have very strong feelings about Phaedra and Candy, so always Candy. Okay. Uh, Whitney or Heather? Whitney. Only because she's on Team Barlow. Teresa or Melissa? Oh, this is hard because I really don't like either of them. (laughs) 
and th- this is why I struggle with Jersey because I don't like Trey and I don't like Melissa and I feel like I can never find my footing. <sighs> if somebody were to ask me Teresa or or Melissa, I would say Margaret. Yes, that's it. that's what I was gonna say. Margaret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Marge. Without even without even thinking about it. Marge. Big Marge and Lil Marge. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Vicky or Tamara? Tamara. Jennifer or Dolores? I know Jennifer is more is better TV, but I like Dolo. And she brings she brings Frank. I to me, I'm team Dolores all day. Mm-hmm. All day long, without a doubt. Kelly Dodd or Heather DeBro? Heather Kelly's too unhinged. Completely, and like choosingly unhinged. Yeah, like on on beyond. <laughs> Gina or Emily? Emily, I think she has a low-key crazy thing going on. Especially when she's drinking, Jeff. She set it mm-hmm. off last season, Jeff. Cynthia or Portia? Cynthia, and I know that's a bit probably controversial. That would have been my answer. <laughs> that would have been my I answer. I know people love Portia. I eh, I don't know. I like Cynthia. I know she's a little I know she gets a lot of black, like a little boring and bland, but I think she's necessary to that that balance. Right, I, I feel like Cynthia is the balance, though. Mm-hmm. And I think it was missed last season. Mm-hmm. Like they need her, they need her, act. and they realized it because she's been saying in a lot of her interviews that like she's the one that brings everybody together. Most of the time, mm-hmm. when all when all the shit goes down, it goes down at a Bailey event. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the things where the fans were like, "It's time for her to move on. It's time, it's time." And I think most of the fans are on the same page. Like, yeah, we messed up. No, Cynthia. She's needed. That balance is needed. Uh-uh. I wanted her to stay forever. Like, I'm like, if Vicky Gumbleson can think she can be on the show for 26 seasons without ever missing a beat, I feel like Cynthia should be that girl for Atlanta that is on the mm-hmm. show and just never leaves. Not only that, I like, think she's probably one of the most beautiful housewives to ever grace TV. She is just stunning. She is just physically at all times like just forever perpetually beautiful mm-hmm. oh I agree God. she's stunning yes Brandy or Denise uh, let's say Denise because she'll be on Garcelle's team fair enough Camille or Renna Camille I kind of like Camille I, think I she's like spicy. Camille I like Camille because she's embraced her like America's most hated housewife mm-hmm. title. And, like now she's like, fine, y'all want a messy bitch, I'll be one. Exactly. Long as you put me yeah. on the show. Yeah, so Camille. <laughs> Crystal or Teddy? Oh, Crystal. Jeez, no, Teddy is just no. <laughs> Sutton or Erica? Sutton. And I have a bonus question. 818, Casa de Sol, or Vita Tequila? Vita Tequila. Work. If you could bring a housewife or any reality star back to our screens, 
who would it be and what show would you put them on? It doesn't have to be their original franchise or show. You know, since you're a Challenge fan, maybe you'll appreciate this. Imagine if you remember Coral from the Challenge in the real world New York back in the day. Imagine her as a housewife anywhere. Oh my God. How amazing would that be? My God. Yes. I would love to see that. Where, where, where do you think she would end up? She, I believe, looking at some stuff that she's in San Francisco, so I don't... But what franchise would she be good in? Hmm. Coral. She was, she was so dynamic. One of the things that I constantly think of that quote where she's... Um, I don't wrestle, I beat bitches up. I, I love her. I would love to see her back in some sort of, let's see, I don't, I don't know what franchise, but I think she'd be great somewhere. Or I do agree. Uh, another one that would be good somewhere, though she hasn't been, she's been on reality TV, um, New York. Tiffany Pollard. Yeah. Yeah. I have strong feelings about her, but she yeah. is great TV. I have strong feelings. I, I think she's highly transphobic, but I do think she's oh, great okay, TV. Okay. I haven't followed up too, too much with her recently, but that she was always someone very entertaining to watch back in the day. And in a weird way, I, I think she revolutionized the side of reality TV. That, that, that whole era was very interesting. I felt like Tiffany Pollard invented the reality TV mean girl. Mm-hmm. I truly feel like she was the first one to come on intentionally come on to be a mean girl and terrorize other bitches and be the person who's the most flamboyant crazy person in the room and she, I feel like she invented that archetype I feel like without I, a Tiffany Pollard we wouldn't have an, we wouldn't have an ex an Belen Lozada we wouldn't have uh, Chrissy Lampkin uh, or, or, or an Erica Mena like mm-hmm. we wouldn't have any of those crazy ass reality girls out here now I think she was one of the first people to realize that she had to go in and get a job done yes she came and, in knowing and, exa- she's the mm-hmm. first girl that knew the assignment exactly and I think that that you know people have picked up on that and that's you know over the years you know you have those those people on, on shows that are there for that but I think that she was kind of really the first one and it was so entertaining to watch her whole ordeal yes she invented the Erica Mena type she invented the Carly Red type she invented the the uh, uh, Kenya Moore type mm-hmm. like she invented the Giselle Bryant type like she is that girl she's just you know she is who she is but in your line of thinking, my answer to that, I would have brought CT and DM to OC. Oh, yeah. Like, in a perfect world, they would have gotten married, yeah. and they would have figured their shit out, and they would have mm-hmm. two babies right now, and they would be friends with Megan King, and they would be on Orange County. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's wishful thinking. That would have been lovely, yeah. Always have a love for CT. Yes. That's a that show. But the people who have not been watching the challenge over the years, that was a don't dirty under, They don't CT. understand. I'm telling you, when, when I was telling you know another family member, they're like, you've been watching for 16 years, and we're like, yeah, we watched them when he was you know a, a, a kind of asshole in the real world, 
even on the challenge then he fell in love then all this happened and she died and now we see him get married and now he comes back and wins we're like we're super invested and they're like okay that's weird but i i guess i see that you've been following this man this <laughs> for you know x amount of years so yeah like yeah, we literally just... grew up with these people exactly mm-hmm and especially him that has, you know, he was consistently, I think, the most that has been consistently on. So to see him from his start on the real world and now, you know, being a father, it's, it's nice. You know, it, it might sound silly, but yeah, you grew up with him. Yeah, like, I would love to see that. Like, a part of me wants to check in with the Hogan kids now and see where Brooke and Nick are. Oh, yeah. Like, just, like just random reality shows that I watched growing up like I would love to know where Gene Simmons kids are now where fine ass Nick Tweed is oh he was who was it that he was dating fairly recently what he was dating someone that was like oh wow I'm surprised he got that yeah but I found him on Instagram like a few months ago but I haven't looked on his page recently but he's still gorgeous Uh, uh, uh. I think that VH1 era of reality TV was so good. I think VH1 for a while had such a good hold on all these shows. Um, yes. I don't, I don't, haven't seen it honestly recently, but that that was also another thing. It was MTV and the Challenge, and then VH1 and all the shows that they had. Yeah, like where's Daisy from Rock of Love today? Yeah, what is what is Daisy doing? What is you know who Megan from Megan Wants a Millionaire? She was also an yes. icon. I actually, she was on a podcast recently. I think it was Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop. And this was like a few months ago. She was talking about all the stuff that happened with the murder on I Love Money mm-hmm. and why her yep. show got shut down and all of that stuff. Oh, I was like, yeah, shout out to her. Where is she? She, she I, might be if, doing some TV soon. I'm not sure. If I remember correctly, like the reason it got shut down is because the guy with the murder had made it like pretty far into the show. So there's going to be no way of really editing him out. Like, I think he got pretty close to the final or, like, near there. So, basically, you know, she got screwed over. They had to scrap the show because there was no way to edit that whole out, and that was messy. And it's crazy now to see that happen back in the day. Like, VH1 Mm -hmm. scrap that entire show, but then turn around and edit Sherry Pie out of Drag Race. I don't. I don't because, want it. Well, to well to catch you up, up to us, speed. There was a contestant that was going on on RuPaul's Drag Race season twelve, and mm-hmm. right before, like right when they got announced as a contestant, all these all, all these assault um, claims came out. All these grooming claims came out. Oh. All this like all all this like predatory behavior claims came out and so they were immediately disqualified from the show and they were edited out of as much of the show as they could be edited out of but mm-hmm. they were still present but they were cut out of a lot right so it's crazy it's- to see them that same channel because drag race airs on vh1 to see them like completely scrap an entire season of a show for that and then i, I don't know it's just interesting but what were we about to say? I'm sorry. Um, did you guys, um, I didn't watch the show, but did you notice the edit clearly that they were editing them out? Because I, I bring that up because, you know, on a couple of seasons of the challenge ago, they edited out a contestant and you can tell it completely changed the dynamic of what the show was going to be. Yes. You can tell because mm-hmm. the person is present in the show for a lot of the season, but you They're don't. in the background kind of. 
they're like just cut into the background and like cut into these random parts where it's like they had no choice but to let them talk in that moment because they were trying to you know carry on a certain thing but like it was very obvious that a lot was cut out and that they married and that they made it very far in the season that's what made me think about that was because you were saying that they made it far on on um i i love money Allegedly, I think Sherry Pie made it like to like the top five or the top four. Oh yeah, that's the season. season in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like out of fourteen contestants, so like it was crazy because she was there, but it was like she was. We didn't know why she was there. It was mm-hmm. so weird. It was yeah, so that, weird. That happened in the challenge a couple of seasons ago. They edited someone out. And you could tell that they were going to be a big chunk of the storyline, the drama. And the whole season just felt weird. Like, they were trying to... You can tell that they are scrapping together storylines that weren't really there. Um, and like I said, they made it pretty far into it, too. So they were kind of there. You barely even saw. I think they even won a challenge, and they didn't really show that too much. Oh, wow. And you know what's crazy with the, with the challenge is they've had a history of wonky you know, scrapping together seasons, especially when it comes to streaming services, because there have been um, seasons on streaming services that are missing whole episodes. Yep, on Netflix and um, wherever they are now. Yeah, I actually did a rewatch, and I remember, this is how much I've been watching, I remember watching that season and saying, like, they totally cut out what they did to Tanya and, like, that whole dynamic. Yes, I was like, wait a fucking minute. Mm-hmm. What's yep, that? Like, like I kept going back. Like, did I miss? Like, where? Like, where did I skip? Like, where did I? How did I skip this episode? And I was like, no, it's just not there. Yep, it doesn't exist, and you you can't find it. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh. Well, I think watching the challenge, it's, it's interesting. I did a, a rewatch recently of a couple of old seasons, and there are just some things that are really toxic that I I don't want to say were okay back in the day. It was just something that just kind of was back in the day. Not saying that it was right. And looking back oh, at I it, totally I'm, like, oh, I'm like, oh, damn, like, they were mean girls. They're like, that was not right. Or how they treated someone. But, you know, back in the day, we didn't see it like that. Or we, we just didn't discuss these things as, you know, we can now. And it's, it's interesting going back and watching. You kind of see that now. Oh, absolutely. And it's not just with, with the challenge. It's with a lot of reality shows. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go back and watch the Bad Girls Club now. Like, oh. Certain things would just not slide now. No way. Yes. Like how I could only go back and watch the first two and a half seasons. I couldn't even make it through season three because I was like, I was gonna challenge myself to go back and watch all seventeen seasons of the Bad Girls Club, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't make it through season three because every single season they had the same storyline. They would bring one white girl on who was completely comfortable who was completely uncomfortable being around black people. So every season, they would have the one or two black girls in the house with the six other white girls. They would try to get them to go to the black club and there would be one girl that would be bitching and hollering and hooping and hollering talking about she uncomfortable being around a whole bunch of black folks. To the point where there was even a couple times on the show where there were people blatantly using the N-word yeah, was either no just way. dismissed, not talked about, it was edited out, it was not shown. Like, like, like it was, but it would be talked about on the show. Like they, like, like, like the girls would address somebody using the N word, but it would never be shown on the show. 
Yeah, it, it's crazy to think, you know, the things that were, again, not okay. They weren't okay. We just didn't talk about it or but, just people just like Right, like or, nobody just... Yeah, like nobody did anything about it back in the day. Like, 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 like a lot of shit was just allowed to fly back in the day, and I don't understand why. But people just didn't. There, people just didn't censor certain shit. Like, like people just let certain shit fly, and they just called it comedy or they called it entertainment, and it was just like no. And it's you know bringing up to that point again. It, it's weird because if you think about it. A lot of the things you hear is that reality TV is a bit more inauthentic now, which is true. I, I do believe that old reality TV, I think a lot of them were really just batshit crazy people and those situations were very real. Whereas like now, mm-hmm. yeah, people are maybe a bit more cautious of the things they do and say because there there are consequences now. So it's it's interesting having seen, you know, been watching reality TV for so long, you you definitely see that sh- that shift. Yeah, I think self-producing really became a thing in this current age of reality TV because people are aware uh, aware of how their impact coming off on TV can can impact them after the show. And especially now in the age of social media, you're getting direct responses of what people think of you mm-hmm. on television. Yeah, like, before so. you you know they didn't you know they didn't know that maybe. They were hated or you know things didn't go over well because social media wasn't that powerful it's like probably myspace back in the day um mm-hmm. so people got away with more or you know this it just wasn't as a, they weren't as available to people i guess Insane. Huh. do you have children yes i have a toddler hey um would you let your child work for Vanderpump Rules or um, work for Lisa <laughs> Vanderpump when they were of age? Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Depending on what. Would I let her work for Lisa? Um, I mean, if she's an adult, she's going to do what she wants, right? Sure. But if your child asked you for advice, I'm like, hey, I was thinking about going and, you know, filing an application at Sir. You know, just wanted to know Probably not. what you thought. You know, just Probably hey, not. I was just letting you know. Probably not because sixty-year-old Jax is going to be creeping. So probably not. Still doing dinner shift. Yeah, freaking Jax. So, let's say that your child did it anyway, and like they were like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I've got an interview tomorrow, so you know. Uh, and then you know they're working at Sir for you know a year right they're doing great they're killing it they're having a great time they've learned the ropes. blah 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 and then they call you on the phone and they say hey so Lisa pulled me in her office today and she asked me how I felt about testing for Vanderpump Rules next season what do you think uh, <laughs> as someone who absolutely loves the first season of Vanderpump Rules because of how unbelievably crazy and sloppy it is, obviously I don't think I'd want to see my child in that dynamic, and I would try to warn them against that. You know, that's probably a narrative that's going to be spun, but they're going to do what they want. But no, it's probably advise against being on Vanderpump Rules. I agree with you for similar yet different reasons. Because um, I'm raising a black daughter right mm-hmm. and 
if my child, mind you, I'm raising a very independent woman, you know, she's mm-hmm. gonna do whatever she feels is right. She like like yep. like I've just raised her to rely on her intuition and her deductive reasoning. Same, that's so, the goal. Mine's smaller, but that's that's the goal. Yeah. So like I, if she came to me and was like, hey, you know, they want me to go out for Vanderpump Rules, what what do you think, blah, blah, blah. I would sit her down and I would show her Faith Stowers season. Oh, yeah. And I would make sure that she understood exactly how that worked out for Faith Stowers. And then I would say, make your own decision. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, that was rough. And it, it definitely made the show... It put like a really dark cloud over it. Yeah, I agree. It was it, it wasn't handled correctly. I mean, it, it was just yeah, no. Yeah, that was crazy. But so let's say that your child does Vanderpump Rules. They're on the show for two seasons. Things things are great. They're killing it. They're a fan favorite. All the things are happening for them. They just bought a McMansion right next to um, Sandoval and Ariana. Right? And they call you, since it's, since Christmas is in days at this point, they, they um, call you and say, hey mom, I'm coming home for Christmas and I'm bringing my new boyfriend. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> So they show up. It's Christmas. It's December twenty third. They I'm showing up. They gonna spend Christmas with y'all. Hey ma, how you doing? What's going on? Mom, this is my new boyfriend. And James Kennedy walks in your house. Hell no. I like James Kennedy as a character and his sloppiness, and not no. That is no, no. Taking him right out. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> so no pasta no no pasta it's no pasta for James Kennedy no that boy is a whole nother level of crazy and it's entertaining to watch and I think no but not for my daughter with you child I'm right there <laughs> I'd be like girl hell no uh-uh. Cause he's so crazy and like toxic, but I think the crazy thing about Vanderpump Rules is that they're all so crazy and toxic that at times you end up siding with him, and you're just like, who's crazier? Right, right. He's done some awful, crazy shit, and then like the other ones will do something just as bad, and you're like, god damn it! Like I'm on James' side, and I'm like, how does this happen? How? And I think and that's he's the Vanderpump only one Rules. that can do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well. It did happen in the, the earlier seasons, cause cause only on Vanderpump Rules can someone proclaim themselves as the devil, and you live for it, and then completely justify them bitch slapping someone. Yep. Shout I out know. to Stassi. Yeah. The the what is it? The comment that she said like the dildo dipped in acid to me was the funniest thing watching it back in the day. Like I couldn't I couldn't handle myself then. That, like that yeah no. Stassi's had her issues, thing- but she. She was great. She was a she was a walking meme. The first Mm -hmm. few seasons of Vanderpump Rules, like everything she said was, she was like, "I am the devil," and don't you forget. Yeah. Love Stassi. Yeah. She messed up, but yeah, she messed up because she was she. I do think she was the show. 
Like she was a very that that season where she was like kind of not on it half the season. It, it felt flat. Um, she knew how to deliver. She she you know she messed up with all that, and I don't think she. I think she could have tried to recover a little bit better, but I don't think she did it right. It, it felt it didn't feel right. You know, it's crazy because she took all the right steps to recover from that, but it was after she gave a big fuck you to everybody. And then also she never apologized to Faith. And I think you have to start there. That that should have been the first person you should you should have apologized to. But I like, believe she like, said I might be incorrect, but I believe she said Kristen did apologize, which is crazy. Um Yeah, Kristen did Stassi. apologize, but Stassi didn't. I honestly think that in their minds that whole situation I think that they they genuinely don't think that the race thing, it was an issue. I think they thought it's like we would have done this to any bitch that messed with our friend's man. I honestly think that that's how ignorant and sheltered they both were that they I don't think they see it. Like they in their mind is like it could have been a white girl, a Hispanic girl, an Asian girl, we would have done the same thing because they were messing with my, you know, my friend's man and they're completely ignoring you know how that could have affected faith differently because race does matter if that exactly. makes sense one million percent and had they done anything else had they had they slashed their tires had they had they hacked into her email account and like canceled her wax appointment like had they done anything else I could have gotten behind that thought process of it could have been anybody else that we would have done the same thing. You're just like I could have gotten right. Like I like I I could have gotten behind that. But the fact of what it was that they did, they called the police and tried to get her arrested. It makes it completely different. It makes it Mm -hmm. completely different. And then you couple that with other comments that Stassi made regarding race on her, on her podcast, podcast it's like okay now it's it's a little too pointed for me now mm-hmm. like yeah, it yeah, just reads a little too intense for me but I would love to read her second book to, to um, see what she's learned about this I would love to read her second book we'll see what happens mm-hmm. um if you had the opportunity to create your own show, right? Mm-hmm. Would you create a show focused on your family or would you create a show focused on your friend group? I think friend group. I think family, you know, you bring in other dynamics, you bring, you add trauma to things that don't need, no, I, I wouldn't want to expose my family like that. Friends come and go, family's forever. And, and you know, I, I wouldn't want to, put them in a situation where things come out that shouldn't or people, you know, have to deal with things. Fair enough. If you could work on a franchise of Housewives or any other reality show for that matter, what would the show be? And would you want to produce, edit, or cast the show? I would love to do casting on... I would say only because I've been watching it so long, the talent. And I think recently what they've been doing with bringing other reality stars, I think they're missing the mark. There's so many great people that they can bring, you know, from the UK and from here. So I think that 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 would be fun. Nice. Speaking as somebody who's watched these shows, 
Are you waiting for a reboot of Road Rules as much as I am? I would love to. I, I think it would be so fun. And, you know, for lo- those of us that remember it and have been watching that MTV era for so long, I think it'd be so great. I don't know if they're going to do it. I don't know. I feel like Road Rules never got the love it deserves. I, I agree with you. And the crazy part is I get that Road Rules was a spinoff of the real world. But I was a Road Rules fan. Like, I was the fan of, of Road like Like, to a point where I didn't even know for a long time. I didn't even know that Road Rules was a spinoff of the real world for a long and time. And I would much prefer to see Road Rules back than the real world because I think that kind of what we said earlier because of the age we live in with social media I don't think that you can ever have those authentic seasons of the real world that we did have at some point where I think that road rules you can still have authenticity in that dynamic right and it's crazy that they tried to bring the real world back but they did it on Facebook watch and they didn't even do it on MTV yeah no I don't think so I do think that what they've been doing the real world homecoming has been interesting and I actually very much enjoyed it um, it, it's kind of nice to see them reflect on the past, to see the growth, to not see the growth. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool if they, they did that for as many as they could. And, you know, if you can't get all the cast members, I think that'd also be fine if you just get a core that can... I thought that was really interesting. I agree. I hope they keep doing that because that's the real world I want to see. Like, they actually come back to the house that they were in and they do it all over again from, like, and- in retrospect. Yeah, you oh, reflect on it. That's so interesting. Like, oh my God, I can't believe that's what I used to think. Or I can't believe I never noticed this. Or, you know, or I was misunderstood. I think that's interesting. It gives them a chance to reflect and maybe for some of them, maybe some sort of redemption or just to show people like, hey, you know, you can be a bratty asshole and grow up and be a, you know, learn from it. So I think, I think that's been interesting. I think they said from what I read somewhere that the holdup is that they can't get all the cast. Like they're always missing someone. And that they've been really adamant about wanting to do it with all the cast members. Which is fair, but I mean, if you can get the core the group core, or... Yeah, if you're missing one, I think that's... I mean, you're not going to get, like... Some of them have become famous, like The Miz or Jamie Tung. So you're not going to get those people back on, obviously. But it'd be nice to see, you know, some sort of coming home together. Right. I mean, they got Tammy Roman back, so mm-hmm. who knows? I don't know. But what's the biggest lesson you've learned from reality TV? Ooh, the biggest lesson. I don't think I've learned a lesson. I think that I appreciate <laughs> the, I, <laughs> right? I think it's more, it's, it, it's a nice distraction from, from the world, you know? It's, it's a nice, nice. thing. It's a, it's a comfort thing. More, more or less, is how I view it. It's nice to go and watch these crazy people and these crazy characters and these storylines that at the end they don't affect my life, but they're you know they're entertaining and they give me something to look forward to. That is so funny. She said, "I ain't learned shit." To be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> from these crazy people, because no. I don't see like I could as much as I love reality TV. Like I don't think I can ever be on it. Like I think I'd be way too self conscious. Like I would be overthinking. You know, like. I'd be overthinking everything where I don't think I'd be an enjoyable person. See, or like, I, I would think... love something like Big Brother, but the fact that they're actually filmed 24 hours would creep me the F out. Like, just the thinking that yeah. someone's watching you and you pick the booger that you don't notice, like, that would creep me out. But I would love something like, like that would be fun, but no. 
Yeah, see, I don't, see, I am ambivalent about wanting to join reality television because I think that the reason why I would be good for it is because I genuinely don't give a fuck about what people Mm -hmm. think about me. Like, I don't read comments. I don't go back and forth with people on social media. I'm not invested in, like, what people think about me as a Mm -hmm. person as long as they like my content. So I have that amount of, like, carefreeness or, like, frivolity that'll uh, allow me to genuinely be myself. However, I feel like that will easily allow me to be painted as a reality TV villain, Mm -hmm. which... I don't know how long reality TV villains' careers are lasting nowadays. And I and actually want to do things outside of reality TV. Exactly. And also you're trusting an edit, too. Because there have been some villains that are lovable, right? That you enjoy yes. and people like and people, you know, want to watch and people root for. But are you going to get a good villain edit or are you going to get a, good, a bad villain edit? Exactly. Like, I think are trusting... you going to get cut like Kenya Moore or, or, or are you going to get cut like Kelly Dodd? And I don't know if you watch Big Brother, but I think that's a big thing on Big Brother is that because people are watching the feeds and watching the live show, sometimes like the fans are on a completely different page because the edit does not reflect what, you know, is happening on the people who watch the live feeds. So that's, yeah. that's also interesting. That's happened a lot in Big Brother where, you know, they're putting someone out there like, this should be the one you guys root for. And then the back end, the fans that are watching the feeds are like, no, they're the worst. I think that happened maybe two, three seasons ago, I, I don't remember exactly, where they were just awful and, you know, they were kind of the face of the show. And the, the feed people were like, no, they're terrible. I've definitely, yeah, it's been a thing. Like, and that's kind of always what I look for. Like, like, that, like, that's why when I started watching Big Brother, I started watching the live feeds was because they were like, no, the live feeds is the it's real, the real show. show. That's what you, mm-hmm. that's what you need to be watching. And so I was like, what? There, there have been points where I, where I, where I didn't even watch the actual show. I would only mm-hmm. just watch the live feed. I'd watch like the recaps or read it because sometimes it's hard to, you know, stay on the whole time. But I'd watch like a recap or, or stuff like that because you're not getting the same. I think last season though, I think was edited pretty okay. I think that if you watched it, my girl Taylor, that everyone loved. Um, yeah. So that was nice to see that we finally got that person that the fans really loved, the, the feeds and the regular fans. Yes, it's good to good to see like that come together win. because you don't we, see it very often. I feel like we got a win after like we've gotten really shitty winners in Big Brother, um, and I think that we finally got a really good win. Yes, one you can actually enjoy and be glad they won. Mm-hmm. She she completely slayed. I love her. Absolutely love that. What's been your favorite reality TV wedding? Favorite wedding. I think the leading up to Bethany's wedding because it was Mm -hmm. not you know I feel bad you know after but I think the leading up and all of Bethany's wedding was funny I think she's very entertaining Um, I'm trying to think what other ones I would say that one for now I I would have to think about it okay very nice what has been the most impactful reality TV breakup for you whether you were happy they broke up, it broke your heart that they broke up. Or I think, you know, this one, not the breakup, but, you know, CT and DM, like the end of that story was just like so tragic and so sad. And, you know, like, oh, and like rewatching it and seeing them come back on like um, Battle of the Exes and all that stuff. And when you see that they still oh. had like that flame 
and just knowing that you know kind of never got to finish out that one year it's not necessarily a breakup because of circumstances but I would say that, that one hurt same it, their story is one of the most uh, it's definitely the is most it, impactful for me when it, it comes is, to reality it is. And I don't know if you saw recently the documentary they did on the challenge um, he can't no. really talk about it yeah MTV did a six part documentary um <laughs> Uh, it's a bit fluff some of it but there's some good interviews with old players and you know revisiting a little bit and he can barely even talk about it like they all you know they bring back old people and they talk about PT and DM and he you know he can barely still talk about it and it's you know sad to think how that worked out wow oh shout out to CP man yeah shout out and he's getting divorced now too and it makes me sad that it didn't work out you know I don't know circumstances but kind of want him to get his happy ending in, in whatever way. Oh, man. Well, hopefully him getting divorced is his happy ending. Yeah, you know, whatever that is for him. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to, to CT. <laughs> well, who's your favorite Housewives duo? Favorite duo? Mm-hmm. Like a Kim and Nene... Uh, Fa- uh, Phaedra and Portia Vicky and Tamra I would say right now I mean Jill and Bethany were great when they were together um, absolutely I'm gonna say for now current Garcelle and Sutton yes absolutely love them right now and I do like Giselle, Giselle and Karen. I know they're not necessarily a duo in that sense, but I do think that they're a duo <laughs> in terms of that. being the driving force of, of their show. I honestly like them as a duo more than I like her and Robin as a duo. Mm-hmm. I think we might nice see a season where they're, they're on the same page. I think that would be so interesting. Yeah, like they're on the same page and like they kind of they kind of contribute equally to the show, whereas you know um, Karen and Giselle feel like Batman and the, and the Joker whereas Karen and Robin feel like Batman and Robin mm-hmm. which is funny that she's named after Robin funny. yeah yeah let's talk about manifesting um if you could cast your dream season of Ultimate Girls Trip who would be your cast and where are they going I okay. I know where they're going. I'm gonna take a minute to think of who they're going okay. on a below deck yacht in Australia, and we're getting Alex Van Camp on because we need to see what her and Simon have been up to. So I would put her on just for that, and to have her on a below deck setting, I think that is perfection. Um, so I'm I'm getting Alex from Real Houses of New York. I, I want a good mix. He's lot that I would have to think about. <laughs> okay. um, I would like to see, I mean, this is wishful thinking because Bethany I don't think is ever coming back, but I think seeing Bethany interact with like Kenya Moore would be so interesting. Yes. Um, so something like Bethany, Kenya, Alex, um, throw in there, Ooh, a good, I, I love Dorinda, but we've already seen her on. Um, that would be for now. I would really have to think about it, but I would love to see them on a below deck yacht down under and we bring back Alex. 
Alright, I love that. Oh, throw in Mulan too. I think Mulan is so funny. Sweet. That would be fine. Nini even. I mean, if we're being wishful thinking, but I don't think Nini will ever come back either. Yeah. I mean, that would be the wishful thinking plea, but I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. I totally would not be opposed to seeing her come back. Especially for a girl's like, trip. Imagine like a Bethany, Luann, Nini. Um, like I said, I would just throw in Alex there for fun. I would love to see who she is now. Because I think she was such they were she was such an underrated housewife back in the day. I would love to see who she is now. And I think she'd be a calm balance between all these crazy high end personalities and Kenya Moore. Yes. I agree. I totally think that would be a fun group. I think it'd be interesting, too, to do something with the husbands. I know sometimes people are really against the husbands, but I think we have a couple of decent, funny husbands on the franchises. I agree. Like, I would love to see an all-husband ultimate girls trip, especially, like, with just husbands. That would be funny. I think it'd be funny. And then I would love to see an ultimate girls trip of all friends of, like, just friends of the show. Like Faye Resnick. The morally corrupt uh, Faye Resnick. The morally corrupt Faye Resnick. I would love to see like a Scala Davis from Potomac. I, I like would love Scala, to see, yeah. Yeah, like Tanya from Atlanta. Um, like girls like that. Like I would love to see friends of Shamia Morton. Like mm-hmm. I would just love to see a see a bunch of the friends of come together and just do a trip and talk about being like friends. To the housewives and like what that experience is like. I think that would be a cute show as well. Kim from New Jersey. Yes, seeing Kim D. You know, Kim has the T on probably all of them. And yes, child. And I would love to see her get her ass down to the thing. That would be that would be super interesting. She would be down there spilling all the girls' tea, child. No shade. I hope they. I think they. I believe they're casting the fourth season of of that which has been so entertaining and really nice to see so I hope they bring that back soon absolutely now I'm gonna ask you the ultimate housewives question which is the which is the question everybody gets asked no matter if you're a housewife a friend of a fan of everybody who says they watch as housewives gets asked this question what is your tagline Oh, what is my tagline? That is a great question. Mm. That is a great question. You know, I've never really thought about it. I've thought about mm. my favorite taglines over the years. Do you have a favorite while you're thinking of one? I do think, and again, I know that I am a super fan, but I think that Lisa Vanderpump consistently had really good taglines and the one where oh, she yeah. says like um the crown is heavy darling so leave it where it belongs i think was like yes. the perfect and then knowing that she leaves you know soon after i think that was the perfect tagline and summarizes i think her time on beverly hills absolutely and then my favorite lisa vanderpump tagline is you can throw me to the wolves mm-hmm. but i'll return leading the pack i, I like, think she always had yeah she's always been on point with her tagline I was like, girl, that is Shakespearean poetry. Mm-hmm. I never thought about what my tagline would be. I have to think about that. I absolutely love be? that. 
It took me a really long time to come up with one, and I didn't actually come up with a tagline until I started the podcast, honestly. My tagline, I actually have two. One that I feel like Bravo would never let me use, and then one that would be my backup, but I call them my first and second season tagline. Mm-hmm. So my first season is, I'm totally not aggressive, just black. I love that. But I don't think Bravo would, e- would no, ever would let me use that in real life. That. No, no. They would never let me say that in real life. So my backup tagline would be, I, 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 I may be young enough to grow, but I'm old enough to know. Oh, that's really good. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's the one that I feel like they'd be like, oh, that's brilliant. And I'd be like, I still want her. I think I read that they, they give the taglines and then Bravo picks which ones they use. Yeah, like they have you come up with like choices and stuff. And, like there have been cases like Nini said recently, like um, they've even like suggested taglines for her. Like Andy chose the um, tagline when she was like, I'm the glue for my wig and my family. Yeah. Like Andy so, came up with that. I was like, that no wonder Andy. that tagline sounded yeah. crazy. I was like, no wonder. That yeah, that so seems funny. very Andy. Yeah. How interesting. My last question for you mm-hmm. is where can the people find you and all the things you want to promote? I am on Twitter. So Twitter is more um, on, oh, at Overthought at Twitter. Um, more of a day-to-day thing. It's, it's just easier to post and on Instagram. So I've been working a little bit more on getting Instagram up and going, just kind of randomly posting thoughts on, you know, certain housewives, certain episodes, so you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. And I would love to get some Twitter spaces going on eventually. I've, I've done those before, and I think they're super fun, interacting with people after the, the show's air, kind of getting those fresh thoughts and everyone, you know, on the same page or not on the same page. So Twitter Ooh. and Instagram. That would be fun. Let me know, and 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 I would love to join you sometime. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they're really fun. It's just getting people on them, but they're super fun. Um, getting just to interact with people. We did one last night. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna have to follow you and hop on sometime because I've never actually done one before. Oh yeah, they're they're super fun. I mean, there's I've never had anyone join but I've heard of people that have had actually like some of the house I've just randomly joined and, and chat that would be you know ideal awesome but oh absolutely that would be the that would be the tease right there mm-hmm ah uh, well thank you so much for coming on the show I have had such a good time talking to you you oh, have a thanks. really interesting perspective Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think, again, it's, it's just constantly I overthink these things. So I also I'm a Libra. So I've been told that I, I always I don't see black or white. I see gray. So a lot of the times I'm always like, oh, well, she thought about it this way. I thought about it this way. So it gives me, a, I think, a different perspective. I love that because as a Virgo, like I'm like I I overthink everything by nature. So it's mm-hmm. good to like see people who just actively embrace that. So I feel normal. Thank you. Oh no, thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Of course, feel free to come back at any time. Feel free to welcome me whenever I'll be back. Yes, ma'am. And on that note, that has been our show. 
I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in. And a special, special thank you to my guest from Overthought for blessing the podcast. I want to remind every single one of you guys listening to be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And I put the mess in the message. So until next time, love you, bye. Peace.